Hey guys, welcome back. This is CourtsAheatCourtsAheat.com. As today, we are breaking everything down from the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. My goodness. I don't know if you've been checking out the Twitter feed and whatnot, but from 6 a.m. this morning, Arizona time, to like 12 o'clock my time in Arizona, like legit, it was nonstop NBA news with the majority of stuff I'm going to be talking about today. From injuries to COVID. I guess you could put that anyway, injuries. But injuries, COVID, head coaching, madness, games, net, bucks, everything. From last night till this past afternoon, my goodness, I, I, my head was just hurting. Because I don't, I don't think you guys know how much news actually broke. And how much... It just all came flooding out because after one thing came another. And it just kept boom, 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 boom. And it just kept going. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm legit not kidding. The only time there was a slow break is like when I was watching 98.7. And the Chris Paul news came on. I'm going to address that. But the Chris Paul news came on. I'm like, great. I'm excited. Because I was like, oh, I'm excited for... The conference finals and whatnot. Yeah, that's kind of um, going down the drain. Meaning, I don't want to come yet. I kind of want to go to a Game 7. Clippers, jet, uh, Jazz, Game 7. To where the Suns can get all the much needed rest. And Chris Paul can come back. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. First, first up. We're going to break this down because we have so much we got to talk to. So, I just want to talk about. So, I just want to jump right into this. Um, yeah. So, the first thing I want to do is talk about the breaking news. I'm going to save the Chris Paul uh, stories for the next 10 minutes. That's how much it's going to That's how long it's going to take me to get for all this breaking news. Like, legit. But the first one I want to start off with. Is the one that's not going to... Oh my, I can't speak. Okay, let me try this again. Is the... uh, Tomorrow's game... Tomorrow's game is Nets-Bucks. And... I'm going to talk about that game, what happened yesterday night. I'm going to talk about that later, but let me start with the injuries. Start the breaking news. So for tomorrow's matchup at 5.30pm... It is... We have... Oh, we have James Harden playing tomorrow. He's going to be playing while Kyrie's out. Yes, yeah, so Kyrie's still doing with the ankle injury. But good news, James Harden is going to be okay. He's going to bow through his hamstring injury. And hopefully the Nets can close out the series as they're up 3-2. We'll discuss their win a little bit, like I said. But yeah. James Harden now played the best game, uh, game ba- uh, basketball game ever. He he still had moments in that game where it looked like he wasn't full healthy, which he's not. But still, he's gonna be active for Game Six in a clo- closeout game in a game that could make or break each uh, each team. Both teams have to win, have to win that game right. Bucks to force Game Seven. Nets an injured. Uh, uh, battered team trying to make it to the conference finals, right? So that's that. And going along with the bad news, we have Mike Conley. 
Mike Connolly plays for the Jazz. I believe he's the point guard of there. He has not played since June 2nd, and that trend's going to continue as he's out for the Jazz. Yeah, um, this hamstring injury's just been killing him. It's like I said a few moments ago, out since June 2nd. Missed every single game, um, excuse me, this series and the last. And now the Jazz are just trying not to choke it to the Clippers. However... They may be having the leg up, even though Mike Connolly is out for Game 5. Because Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is going to be out for Game 5. A pivotal Game 5, series tied to a piece, is going to be out due to an injury. And it's related to the ACL. And ACL injuries can kill a basketball player, can kill any sports athlete. Legit. I've never heard of a player that battled for an ACL Unless you're Phil Rivers, he did it once. You have to go look. Uh, you have to look up on YouTube. Uh, Phil Rivers ACL injury game. He played through a torn ACL for an entire game. It was pretty significant. But besides that, in my memory, and I could be wrong, but I don't remember anybody else going through this ACL injury. And that's gonna leave Kawhi out for Game Five, a pivotal game. Someone I could take. Um, Take the game, uh, take the series by game, and force the other team out right. And for the Clippers, they need Kawhi Leonard, but they do have Paul George, so that's nice. But Sergi Bach is not there, and they'll only leave him with, uh, with a great player in Paul George and a good player in Patrick Beverly and just everyone else around, right? But yeah. That one for Kawhi Leonard. Here's the thing. Everybody's questioning if he's going to be available for, if he's going to be available for Game Six or even a Game Seven if they make it there. Because here's the problem: he's the he's the one driving this team. When they were down two nothing in the last series against the Mavs, he forced Game Seven to one. When they were down two nothing this series, he got it back, and right now it's tied to a piece. So the problem is, what we're finding out. Is that it's make or break for the Clippers. Paul George has to be the Kawhi Leonard. This is Paul George's moment. And you can bring up every single moment about, well, this is Paul George. He's not the same Paul George. He's not the same playoff P. Uh, he says his nickname. He's not, the, he's not the same playoff player that we knew when he was in with Indiana. When he was with OKC. Injuries killed him. There's no chance. But if I'm Paul George, he has to ball. He's got to give it everything he's got. Why? Because if the Clippers don't win tonight, they're not winning game six unless Kawhi's there. Um, because Paul George needs to wake up. He needs to become that playoff player one more time, two more times. Whenever Kawhi can come back, and prove that he was not a mistake for the money that he signed for, and he was not a mistake for the Clippers. So this is his time to shine, and this is his time to ball out and just say, hey, I'm not done yet. These injuries are not affecting me, and he'll just keep it rolling. It, but that, that's going to be something to watch out for because a lot's riding for both teams. Boss riding. But let's just say the Clippers do make it past the Jazz. Let's say they're going to give them that push. They're going to get steamrolled by the Suns. 
not because I'm biased because they're my favorite team, not because, because not my, because, ugh, because the Suns are my home team, yes, but here's the thing, here's the thing you always got to remember, the Suns have a better roster in the end day, meaning a more healthy one, so let's say the Clippers survive, Kawhi's out, he's not going to be able to play that healthy in the conference finals, you have no Serge Ibaka, um, and Paul George, which could be good or which could be bad. I don't know. It depends how he plays in these next two games. If they can't force game seven or do force game seven, these two to three games, right? So it all depends because you're telling me when you have the Clippers there, you get a home court advantage for the Suns. Suns will have home court advantage. And you will have this great team going up against this injury-riddled team. A red team, right? There's going to be some problems. And I'm going to talk about that more once I get a little more on everything that's happening for the clip joint. Because I, there's all I can do is just speculate at this point. But it's not looking good. I can't confirm no quiet out for game five due to an ACL type injury. Okay. <laughs> so more bad news. Like today was tons of bad news. There was only one positive thing out there, and it had to do with a rookie. I'm not going to spoil it anymore, but let's just jump into the rest. Real quick, firings. Like I said, there's head coach madness, and it's not March Madness, trust me. This is head coaching madness. This is where teams are evaluating their offseason, and this is where some coaches will stay. Some coaches will pack up and say goodbye to the players they want to know. And for the case for Stan Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy has been fired by the Pelicans after a disastrous first season, after having a 31-41 season, and missing the playoffs by, I think it was like two or three games, something about there. It wasn't a lot of games, but missed the playoffs. Brandon Ingram and Eric Bledsoe called him out. Many players did not have a good relationship with Stan Van Gundy, and it ends after... One season, just like how the Pacers and Nate Brogdon's uh, contract when he was only a one year one year head coach, and he got fired. The only two head coaches this season to get fired after one season with their respected team. So yeah, Stan Van Gundy has been fired. This joins the Pelicans and many other teams like the Celtics, like the Pacers. Like Trailblazers, like everyone else, trying to find another head coach. And now you just have more names going into the head coach pool that will want to get interviewed. Okay. Another head coaching fire. Well, can't cause a fire, but more like parting ways. And that would be Scotty Brooks. Scotty Brooks, head coach of the Washington Wizards. They both, both sides, could not find a common ground, a agreement on a contract, and have decided just to end it all, just let the contract expire, and just part ways. Scotty will become a free agent, a free agent head coach, and the Wizards will begin their uh, scouting, the recruitment for interviews, and a potential new head coach. So Pelicans and the Wizards have both uh, separated from their head coach, Scotty Brooks have been here for about, I, I want to say like eight seasons. Let, let me check it real quick. But yeah, 
But uh, Scotty Brooks is out, and now you have two new teams, like with five other teams, and what we believe to be more before um, before or after this postseason's over, right? And we're gonna be seeing tons of stuff. And right now, I'm trying to funny how many. Oh, I was wrong. It was five. It was five. It was five. Yeah, it was seven with OKC. Five, but now Scott Brooks can try to uh, rekindle his winning ways. You can say his passion of winning, and he'll leave behind Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and he'll try to make it as an head coach if he wants to. Okay, another. Um, this is no longer a head coach. But this is still parting ways with someone in your front office, someone in management, and that is Donnie Nelson. Um, I didn't even know the Mavericks had a GM. I saw it was Mark Cuban. But um, Donnie Nelson was the former general manager of the Dallas Mavericks, and both the Mavericks and Donnie Nelson has agreed to part ways, and now the Mavericks have introduce a search team, I think that's what you call them, like a search team to find a new general manager, uh, basketball, uh, uh, president of basketball operations for the Mavericks to try to fill that. We don't know. We can always speculate that Rick Carrell, Rick Carrell, the head coach of the Mavs, could pull Brad Stevens and Celtics where the head coach goes up to ba- uh, president of basketball operations and then... The or jam Harvard are filling that, and then head coach finding head coach. That would be really interesting. I don't know if that's gonna work or not, but they always have that as an option. But yeah, we'll keep that posted as we have all that stuff on courtsaheat.com right now. Okay, before we get to the stuff about Chris Paul, Nets, Bucks. Hawk 76ers, which is going to be happening shortly in everything else and only at different games. We have the Rookie of the Year Award has been announced. And by no doubt, no one's trying to have any doubts in their mind as LaMelo Ball has won the 2020-21 NBA Rookie of the Year Award. Not only did he have a stellar season... In terms of stats, he put up like 15 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. But he also beat out his two finest competitors, which was um, Tyrese Halliburton and Anthony Edwards. But he also took his team to the playing tournament slash playoffs. Meaning that's a huge deal because... Gordon Hayward was injured. Amel Ball was injured. He had to get wrist surgery. And then he came back like two, one, two months later. And he was able to perform well. Able to get back into that rhythm. However, just the injuries overpowered them. And they couldn't make much in the past. But I will say, they made great improvement. And they've shown Michael Jordan's led team is showing that... They're getting back. They're going to become more serious. They're going to try to get in the top eight again. And if the playing tournament's there again, you could be seeing them there as they're making huge strides to have more of a winning season, both in the records and just both um, 
with the players, coach, and everything else. This shouldn't come as a surprise, but James Briggs here to stay. Everyone's here to stay. This is a great victory for Mel Ball, and now the Hornets are just trying to see how they can win more, what they can do different, just grow from there, and hopefully have everyone healthy like Gordon Hayward, like other players, and be yeah, I take it from there. But yeah, congrats to Lamelo. It was pretty much always down to Lamelo because Tyrese Halliburton was the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA draft. He played great. He, I'm happy he was a finalist. I saw he was like one of those. I saw he was like one of those picks that should have been there, but now I've won. Anthony Edwards had a horrible first half of the season, but when it came closer to the second and beyond half of the season, he balled out, but. Lamelo Ball just stuck with it all the way, and he was the one to win Rookie of the Year. So, so far, the Rookie of the Year award, MVP, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, and Coach of the Year has been announced with the all-defensive NBA teams, all-offensive NBA teams. The only award yet to be called is the all-rookie def- offensive team. And real quick, since we're talking about it, and I don't know. I don't know if I address this. I say I only address the defensive, but I'm just gonna bring back the speed if I'm not already the offensive, uh, all offensive NBA team awards. I don't know why it's so hard to say sometimes. You're just like why. But here we go. Are we ready? And I want to actually talk about this because I believe a player was snubbed and a head coach called him out on it. Okay, so this was the 2020-21 All-NBA Offensive Teams. We go from first team to third team, second team, right, in between, right? But yeah, first team is going to be Nikhil Jokic, Giannis, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard. Second team, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, LeBron James. Then third team... Third team would be Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Beller, and then Paul George. I will say, I am happy with all three teams, but I do find funny why Devin Booker was snubbed, like from the all-NBA teams. Like, why? We did this to him with the all-star, with the all-star teams, with the like with the whole controversy that was the all-star weekend. And now it's with the All-NBA teams. Monty Williams called it a joke. He called out how outrageous that was because you can say, oh, Chris Paul did uh, did so much better, had a better impact. Well, if we went by that standards, the MVP would have been uh, Paul's, not Jokic's, because it goes by most valuable player. Chris Paul is better than Jokic in terms of impact and whatnot. But going and staying in this... You could say Chris Paul was better than Devin Booker this year, and I'm not going to argue with that because I would need to see everything, but both players are doing different things and working the court differently. However, I will say, out of all three of these All-NBA teams, you would think Booker would be once. I give Paul May second, but I would love to see just once. Devin Booker's name be up like at least in the third, because here's the thing, here's the thing. I can I can I'm just gonna look at it real quick. Just real quick, 
So, if I'm looking at this, I would have Devin Booker replace Julius Randle in the second team. In the third team, I'll have Kyrie Irving replaced by Devin Booker. Devin Booker could easily be in the second or third team. First team I'm not going to mess with for obvious reasons because you have Jokic, Giannis, Curry, Doncic, and Leonard. Right. I'm not going to mess with that. But second or third, it could have easily been. Could have easily been. And I think it's just frustrating because you know you have talent as Devin Booker and you got it wrong. The media got it wrong again. Like when they didn't want to put him at the All-Star, now here. Everybody in the NBA, from executives to coaches to players to everyone, that's not the media staff, right? Are seeing how great Devin Booker is, seeing how great everyone played. And they got to correct with Chris Paul, but not correct, not correct with Devin Booker. And I think there were mistakes on that. Um, I saw, I saw every team was good besides Devin Booker not being on there. Again, not being biased, just saying, look, this guy was putting up 20-plus points a night. He took his put, uh, players deep into a postseason with the help of the major contributor that Paul, uh, Chris Paul was. And then with DeAndre, and then with Mikel Burgess, then so forth with Jay Crowder and whatnot. So I found that a little bit, um, I don't know if I want to say upsetting or confusing, Probably confusing would be the better word. But yeah, I was I, I yeah, I'm just I'm just shocked by that. I I don't know, maybe I'm making too much of a big deal of this, but it doesn't matter because um if you're going off this list, besides Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving and Rudy Gobert, legit everyone else. So no like this is everyone that's still in the playoffs and who's not. Here's everyone who's not in the playoffs that made this team. Or still in the playoffs. Who didn't make the playoffs or were eliminated in the playoffs. You ready? Jokic, um, Curry, Luka, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, Randall, LeBron, Bra- uh, yeah, Brad Beal, Jimmy Butler, and yeah. So I'm just saying, there's a lot of players that didn't make it. And yeah, it's just like, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just funny to think about it because I always see Devin Booker I guess, as a second in the first team. I'll even have taken fur. I just think it was funny that no one considered him or made it official on any of the free. Now if the NBA players were signings, I believe Devin Booker would be a solid two, maybe free. Definitely not a first. That's how I would see it. Not saying that's how I would do because I'll put him in the first and replace Jokic all day. But they're doing Jokic because he won MVP. That's the reason why. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. I wanted to get that out of the way since we were talking about awards and whatnot. I'm pretty sure I talked about that last podcast episode, but I can't remember. I probably talked about the all-NBA defensive teams. Most likely I did. Now we're just waiting for the all-rookie NBA teams. Oh, boy. We're getting down to that time. We're getting down to it. We're getting down to it all as we're going to be talking about Chris Paul. So, we, we weren't kidding. We weren't kidding. This morning was supposed to be a calm morning. Like every morning that I have, it's been kind of like yesterday morning. It was fine. 
no breaking news. I got into work. I did my thing. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is ra- relaxing. This is relaxing. This is a great time. Right? Not so more anymore today. This was a hectic Wednesday. This was a hectic Wednesday. I'm legit not kidding. Why does it always seem like the hump day, Wednesday, is always seeming so crazy? Because from this time, 5.15 this morning, till 11 o'clock when we got the confirm, confirmation from the Suns and uh, everyone around the league that was with the Suns or just had knowledge on the situation, knew what was happening with Chris Paul. And it was the fact around 5.15 this morning, um, shortly afterwards, I woke up and I saw Chris Paul put into NBA proto- uh, safe, health and safety protocols. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. And this came from 98.7 Arizona Sports Radio. So I'm wearing a notification. I don't know if I have my glasses on. I'm just standing there. I'm like, what? What, what, what? What's happening? Like, th- this can't be real. And I'm just, I'm reading the article. I'm like, Chris Paul's in the health and safety protocols. Then the only good news that we had was the fact that Chris Paul was vaccinated per the reports of Jalen Rose, who he made a, a dec, uh, declarative statement. Like, he was just declaring it. Like, he was not, he was not hypothetically doing that. No, he was declaring that. He was making a bold statement that Chris Paul is vaccinated. I believe he is vaccinated because on 98.7, they were talking about it. That was confirmed, I believe, by Gambo tweeted out. I think it was one of the two uh, that does the Burns and Gambo's uh, show and whatnot that said that he was vaccinated. He got that like around February. So it was good news. You're like, why is that good news? He still got COVID. He still tested positive for COVID-19. Well, that's actually good news. Here's why. The good news is that he got vaccinated because then with the, uh, with the policies that the NBA has, if you're vaccinated, they'll cut back, they'll shorten back the time that you have to sit out. And that's the great news because now the Phoenix Suns can reevaluate him this Saturday. And that'd be huge if he comes back and say, you know what, I'm fine. I'm fine. We're all good. I'm going to be able to play game one. I'm going to be able to play game one. And that's what you want to hear. So he's vaccinated. He may only have to sit out a week instead of 11 to 14 days. Two weeks at the max, right? So that helps. Because you don't want to miss two weeks. Depending how severe he got COVID and whatnot. Depending how bad they'll put the restrictions on him. And the Suns continue practice as normal. With trying to gear with Chris Paul, trying just to gain sense of what's happening, because I was not expecting this. But every single hour that from the five fifteen to now, it seemed like every single hour someone was always trying to get more and more news, trying to figure out what was going on because it was not making sense. And the entire time that I'm researching, I'm like, "There's nothing. There's nothing I could pull up." Chris Paul has tested positive for COVID night. COVID-19, and this could make or break the Suns going into the conference finals because they have this much in your rest. And I was saying, I'm like, wow, imagine if he got COVID-19 when, when 
this was could have gone to a game four. I mean, game five or game six, or even I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna joke with this. A game seven that would have killed him. Who would have known happened that series? Who would have known what would happen to the conference finals? But now you're looking at this. He's getting rest, but now the problem is with uh, shoulder injury. It's been getting better. Now you have on top of this COVID nineteen. And I don't know how bad it is. I don't have any indications on that. I'm just speculating here on how bad it is, so I don't know. But I do know is, if this leads to fatigue, how is he going to be for game one? If ready for game one. And how does that play? And so, let's say I have to play the Jazz. They don't get home court advantage. And if you don't have home court advantage and without no Chris Paul, that is going to be a tough game for DA, Book, Mikel, and every. Crowder and everyone else, even for the coaching staff, that is going to be something interesting. And it's really interesting when you break this down. What are they going to do? So, what are they going to do? Is Paul going to be ready? We're not going to know anything until Saturday. So, I got about two days from because you don't count Wednesday, right? So, I got Thursday and Friday, and then day, that's day before Saturday. So, I got to wait two whole days to try to figure out. If he's going to be right or not, I'm going to talk about this when I get every single piece of information because the Suns, the Suns season could actually end because of COVID-19 and NBA stupid restrictions, right? Well, I'm just saying that because, look, Chris Paul is what helped guide it and impacted your team this season. We saw this in the first series when he was out for the first two games, uh, first two games after game one. They went down 2-1 to one against the Lake Show, right? Against them. And it was bad news for them. Like, they were not able to get anything off on the offensive or defensive side. They just looked out of it until Paul came back. And I don't want it to be one of those things where it happens again in the conference finals and we psych ourselves out to where we can win game three, can win game four, can win the uh, crucial moments. Can't hit the clutch moments. Can't get the um, intense moments, right? And that could be a huge factor. So let's say he's not able to play game one. Let's say we have the Jazz. That means we're going to have to stare down the bill, uh, barrel at a good kind of injured Donovan Mitchell and a fully healthy Rudy Gobert where we could have gone up against the Clippers and the Clip joint could have been Potentially foul Kawhi Leonard due to the ACL injury that we discussed earlier. Ivan Zub- uh, Zubak, their center, who DA could obviously take, right? And just the, um, Paul George, depending on how he plays on the rest of the series. But yeah, that's going to be crazy. I would rather take the Clippers now. Forget about home court advantage. Forget about it. You just have to make sure you survive. The first two games, because you know, if Paul sits out the first game, comes back the second, he's not going to be that sharp, unconscious man we saw in game four against the Nuggets. It's not going to happen. But what I can say is, is that the the Suns can hold on. We can do it because you have D.A., Mikel, Crowder, Booker, and everyone else on the second line on the second rotate on the second unit or first, it doesn't matter. You have guys, and people are talking about, well, what do you do? Because Paul can't play game one. 
Do you want to start Etwan Moore? Give him more minutes. Would you want to roll the dice on that? Will you want to be risky? Will you want to give more minutes to Cameron Payne? Will you want to give more minutes to Javon Carter? More minutes to whomever, right? Because now it's becoming more serious. Now it's like, okay, okay. Now we have something. Now it's like, oh boy. Yeah, it's just it's just not looking good. It's just not looking good. If I'm the Suns, I just have to make sure. Make sure that you get the Clippers. If not, you could be facing Jazz. But either way, you need Chris Paul. It would be a great addition, trust me. Because that impact, you just have to win game one and game four. This is not, it's not going to be a tough task. If you play the, you're, it's gonna, it's not gonna be that hard to play the Clippers as it would be the Jazz. It's because the Jazz would be a little more healthy, and the Clippers are not that much healthy. Almost, um, potentially losing out on Kawhi Leonard and whatnot. That's gonna be tough, and that's all we have. So until Saturday, we're not gonna be in the know. We can speculate all, all we want, but until those doctors, until the NBA clears them, until the Phoenix Suns clear them, until he gets all the green lights, until he gets everything checked out, we're not going to know. All we know is, is that, can he be ready for game one? What's going to happen in Jazz Clipper series? Will they go this from Sunday to Tuesday? Will we have that break or we just go Sunday to Sunday and we just play our first game either Sunday or Monday? And that's what's going to be the scary reality. We're either going to be facing the Jazz or the Clippers. Is there one of those two teams? And that's just going to be it. I would rather face the Clippers. That would be very ideal. I just don't know. And that's just going to be the problem because, like I said before, we don't know what's going to happen Saturday. Until Saturday, well, all we can do is just speculate because we either have Chris Paul for game one or we don't. And that's just gonna be the it's gonna be the sad part. But even if we have to face the we have to face the Jazz heading into Game One, this just throws up everything. Like, what we thought we knew was gonna happen, what we saw we're gonna have a nice break. I don't know, I don't know. I'm just I'm just all over the place because my mind, like legit, this is just me how raw talk. This is just me having just my fresh emotions being like. Whoa, I need to calm down my brain because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. All I know is Chris Paul has to be cleared on Saturday to say, hey, he's fine. It's okay. It's okay. He beat the flu. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Um, he beat COVID. He could play game one at the, at the max game two. We're all going to be fine. We could play the Clippers. But here's the thing. I put great faith in the Paul George, but can he do it on his own? And I hate to keep going back to the Jasper Clippers matchup, but we're just riding a lot on Paul George right now. Like, riding a lot. And yeah, it just scares me. It scares me a lot because this, depending on who we get and how we play, it's ride or die every single game without Chris Paul. And even with Chris Paul. Here's how I look at it. I get he's only 36, but with an okay shoulder, he's still dealing with it, even though he's going unconscious in some games. And then he's going to have the COVID side effects, if any, like fatigue, not having enough energy. 
that's going to um that's going to be costly. That could be deadly, not in a good way. And I'm not saying that COVID is going to debilitate him. I don't think so. Theoretically, just to let everybody know, since he took the vaccine, he should have had all these added antibodies to defeat COVID. So you wouldn't think that he would be getting COVID since he got the vaccine and whatnot. But I don't know. They just make up the rules as they go. And yeah, here's the thing. I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he's taken the vaccine, that he's gotten COVID. The only thing is now, we know he's in the health and safety protocols. We know where we stand until Saturday. And if I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, anyone out there, I would be scared to death. Not because we don't have faith in Devin Booker. Not because we have faith in Monty Williams. Not because we have faith in the uh, bench or defense or offense or anyone on the Phoenix Suns. But it's because... Where do we go next if there's no Chris Paul in one to two games? What if they say he has to quarantine for another week? What if he can't come back for game three or game four? Because what if they say, oh, it's, uh, it comes Saturday morning, like about 10 a.m. my time, and it's like, hey, look, um, Chris Paul, he's not going to be available for a week. He could miss game two and three. Something like that. And I'm going way out there, way out there. But I'm just saying, the scary results, the scary effects that I could have. Just saying, whoa. That just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, whoa. I wasn't expecting all this to happen. But here's the thing. None of us did. None of us did. And then you can also bring in, well... You can also bring in the uh, the talk about, well, wait a minute, when did he catch COVID? Well, we know when he caught COVID, but when did he catch COVID and where did he get it? Because LeBron James was partying everywhere with Drake and going to all these events. And Adam Silver bowed down to LeBron um, and said, oh, no, he's fine. It's just COVID. It won't be that much. No, no, he's the man. Right. He just bowed down like the woman he is. Uh, the LeBron James, you know, I'm playing game one against the Phoenix Suns. Can we get the same treatment? Can we get the same treatment? Can the Phoenix Suns get the same as LeBron did for Chris Paul? Or would that hurt? Because I don't know. I don't know. The NBA is not going to do that. They're too afraid to do that. They don't want LeBron going back on the social media and being that Twitter's are, Right? Because, gosh forbid, anybody post anything out against them, that will be flagged immediately. Like, legit, everybody will come out you, come after you. It's, it's really strange. But it's like, what happens? How much will this take on his body? How much can he just keep on going? Because we're so close. And Pierre Brop, is this going to be the Chris Paul curse? I don't think so. I just think this is a really bad coincidence. And with everything that's been going on this past year, with everything that we've been experiencing, I, I don't know. I'm just lost. I don't think it's Chris Paul curse. We 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 been that in the first series against the Lakers when we booted uh, an aging LeBron and this Anthony Street Clothes Davis and a bum Lakers team. We defeated a defending champs when Chris Paul was injured, like when Kevin Winnie came back and whatnot. 
We defeated that. We broke the curse then. Second round, we broke the curse. Beat him by a sweep. That was the Nuggets' turn. But I'm just saying, what is it going to be? I, I don't want to keep beating this topic. Like, I'm like, look, this is where we're at. Cause I can only take it to so many places. And tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Or whenever this podcast comes out. Because originally today, I was going to I was gonna set this to release at 8 a.m. I was podcasting whatnot, right? Then all this news came flooding in. I'm like, well, um, I guess I got to wait. Because it was one thing after another. And I'm just researching the Chris Paul story. On my way into the office, and I'm like, whoa, oh, we got some stuff to talk about. But yeah, but yeah, this is just, this is just unpredictable and uncontrollable. This just relies on how heavy would the weeks be, meaning how long would they make them wait, especially for a vaccinated person. A vaccinated player should be like cutting that time in half. Honestly, and what everyone has been seeing and whatnot. I'm wondering, just saying, oh, he's going to be out for only four more games. He'll miss one or two games. Fine, I'll live with that. Just let's get back to Phoenix or stay in Phoenix and win. Because, I don't know. This is just going to be something. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to talk about the same the same topic, just different. I'm going to talk about the Clippers some more. I'm going to talk about the Jazz. I'm going to talk about the Suns some more because you have to. This is something that's scary because if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, you've waited, you wait for this moment a long time, and that's like, no, what's happening? Are we really going to be being be, being out by COVID, a sickness, a flu, a disease, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. What's happening is now that the Suns may or may not be with Chris Paul and until Saturday, they're without Chris Paul right now. And if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I will prepare for the worst. I'll prepare going in without Chris Paul. If you get Chris Paul, great. If you don't, prepare like you're never coming back. Right? That's a game seven. Every shot matters. No mistakes. Execution to the highest, most of perfection. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. But that is where we would be on Chris Paul and whatnot. He's in the COVID-19 protocols. This is where we're at. I can't talk about it anymore until tomorrow because, A, I've talked for this battle for like 18, 20 minutes or so, and B, I have no other news. I'm hoping tonight I can find out a little more. I'm hoping to try to get in a little more. I don't know. I'm just trying to get all that information and say, look, this is what we got. But so far, like you and I, like everyone around the world waiting for this news to break, we know nothing, and I don't think we'll know anything until Saturday, Friday at the earliest. Okay, let's talk about. Let's talk about this next. This story, let's talk about it real quick. What happened to the Bucks last night against the Nets? Oh boy, what a sad, sad way. Imagine, imagine the Bucks. Without Kyrie, a trash James Harden due by an injury who went one for ten at one point in the game, right? 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 You were in the lead, up by double digits. You were commanding the rock. You were not being able to be stopped. It legit first quarter, 
29-15. Then you were up. Um, I believe it was 59 to, yeah, 59 to 43. Up at 16 by the half. Then when the second half started, the Nets came rolling in the Barkley Center. And all of a sudden, you just saw Kevin Durant explode for 49 points. 49 point triple double. That was 49 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists. Jeff Green had, legit Jeff Green had 27 points, three assists, and one rebound. Blake Griffin had 17 points and three rebounds. Harden was struggling like no one else's business. He was, he was one of ten last night, but he did have eight assists and six rebounds. He, it was it was something special for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant took over the game the way he should have. And he can't lead a team on his own, but he pulled it out. He pulled it out. And when it mattered the most, the Nets have a, now have a close-out uh, close game. In game six, something that's most important, I'll take him to the conference finals. Either against the Hawks or the 76ers. I don't know. I'm rooting for the 76ers. I'm rooting for the Hawks. I really am rooting for the Hawks. But tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. at Milwaukee. Can we see a closeout game? Or can we see him force a game seven back to Barkley Center? Back to Brooklyn. But here's a great fact. Brooklyn is 3-0. They're 3-0 in the Barkley Center. Milwaukee is not. And if they had to play game seven... Back in the Barclays Center, back in Brooklyn, it's over. But you should not be losing that. Mike Boonholzer is a joke, man. Like just when I saw I was gonna have my words eaten because they're up by huge points. Their team's not healthy. Besides, uh, Kevin Durant, um, Jeff Green was coming back from injury, right? Um, Blake Griffin and these different guys. You can't beat him. Giannis gave it all he had, 34 points and 12 rebounds. But Mike Boonholzer, being the coach that he is, just couldn't do a whole lot. And the problem is, he can't really adapt. So when his team's down, he just goes with the negative energy. He just goes with everything that's going wrong as his team. He can never adapt. He can never change. He just runs the same stuff. And it just seems like he's always putting Giannis out there. He's always putting Middleton out there. Holiday out. Because Middleton put up 25, 19th Holiday, and 15 for Lopez. I, 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 I'm not even kidding. Second half. Second half was amazing for the Nets because they played the lockdown D until they were able to get back with, they were able to get back with that lead. They grabbed that lead. Legit. First lead of the night, if I'm not mistaken, that they really had a lead where they won 114-108, where they had control, where uh, Kevin Durant was hitting every single shot. He had a clutch three-pointer with less than a minute remaining. It was just phenomenal. But both the Bucks and that shot 46 and 49% from the field, but one had more of an impact. As one was just pulling really bad shots at the end, you could say, "Wow, the uh, the Nets have better three point percentage." Fine, I really don't care. They still capitalize better. Same with free throws; they're better free throw wise 
better uh, rebounding-wise, better assist-wise, better turnover-wise, better foul-wise. And he didn't have to go into the paint. And after going to the paint, because everyone was hitting mid-jumpers, everybody was hitting three-pointers, and it was good. They were set. They didn't need to worry about a whole lot. And the Bucks just crumbled, man. Like, crumbled. You should not be blowing out in the second half like that. When you're up by 16 points and you can't keep... I get 16 points and you have a run. I get that, but you still have to be fighting. And I think they got a little too lax. From what I heard, it was just like where the 76ers gave an 18-point lead to the Hawks. That's bad. The only difference is they had injuries playing effect on it. The Bucks don't. They just have a poor head coach. A really bad head coach that can't do a whole lot. Right, so like I said before, if the Bucks get bounced this round, they get bounced tomorrow, Mike Brunholz are fired this season or next at the latest. I'm, I'm not even kidding. That's not a bad take. That's not a Stephen A. Smith take. That's not a Max Kellerman take. That's a real take. That's a real take. And that's an honest, truthful, and predictable take that anybody would take if they had money on the line. Because Mike Boonholzer is not going to be the guy anymore. He just can't. He's going to be fired. He's going to be booted from that team like he has been from every single playoff interaction he's ever had. And you, Because if you're that good of all those players of a banged-up Nets team, you should be able to win and not lose a, a double-digit lead. But that's the box for you. The Nets will now have to go back to Milwaukee tomorrow and test their strengths and their weaknesses tomorrow and try to win it all. And I wouldn't blame them if it was tough. But, like I said before, James Harden is a go. He'll try to be better. Kyrie, he's dealing with those ankle issues. But that, that that's it. There's going to be some struggling times. I'm, I'm going to talk more about this all tomorrow, for tomorrow's podcast, right? Because I, 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 say, I think you have to. Because you either know this is going to go really well for the Bucks, or it's going to go really well for the Nets. And what those repercussions are, I don't know. Will they give up a Mike Holzer? I hope so. They should. They should go in a different direction. But I don't know. I don't know. But now it's like, Bucks, Giannis needs to step up again. Middleton, P.J. Tucker, Holiday, everyone needs to step it up again. Please. That's what everybody's crying out for in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Brooklyn, New York, all those fans. Those fans are like, we need this win. Close them out. We need the rest. Because if they get the rest now in game six, and then because the, the Hawks, like uh, um, 76ers uh, series is still going, and they're, st- and they're only at game five right now. So at least if they end it tomorrow, they'll have like a few-day break, which they'll like to have, which they'll want to have. And right now, that game's going on, and the 76ers are up early in the first quarter, right? Right? So, it's just like, wow. So, all these different things are happening, but the Bucks just collapsed. I, I'm not... Like, I'm like it's bad, because you have this great coach. I'm not calling him great, but people call him great and whatnot, but he lost it. Especially when you have 
all healthy players against the banged up team. It's just pathetic. It just is. It's just pathetic. It, it, that's all it really is, right? And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that anymore because everybody knows my feelings on it, especially if you've been listening to the past few podcast episodes because you know how bad the Bucks are playing. You can say, oh, besides, uh, besides yesterday's game, two games ago, the Bucks won. Great. They didn't have Kyrie and Kevin Durant had to adjust the mid-game. You should be able to win. They didn't have James Harden, nor did they have Kyrie um, after Kyrie went down in game four. Great. You should be able to win. Now, I'm not giving props, but Boonhor once again fell into that. Okay. Besides all of that, we have some interesting, interesting, interesting games to... Uh, watch. Tonight is Clippers Jazz, right? At 7 o'clock. I'm taking the Clippers because I want them to win. But the series is tied to peace. I'm rooting for Paul George because the Suns need him. And how funny, the poll came out that Arizona's the only team, uh, the only state that hates Paul George. Because there was a poll that came out, most hated player by states. No, it's, it's actually really funny why LeBron James is majority of the states that are hated. Like, legit. Majority of the states hate LeBron James. Like, even like, even California. <laughs> That's how bad it's gone. I think, yeah, Texas, like, New York, these different types of states. Yeah, how funny now. Paul George is now having to be called on by the Suns. To give a big game, so we're able to take him in the playoffs and have still have a chance with or without Chris uh, Chris Paul. And I'm not saying the Suns are going to be giving up without him because they have too much firepower to do that. It won't do that because they've gotten this far, and they're not going to choke it. Even if they have to play without Chris Paul, with uh, against um, Jazz or against the Clippers, it doesn't matter. They're going to ball out. And I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow. With all the topics, I'll break down last night, uh, today's games, which tomorrow will be last night's games of Hawks and Sixers. And then today's 7 p.m. on TNT, Clippers, Jazz. Jazz have the home court advantage. And we'll just take it right from there. Man, oh, man, this is going to be exciting times. As I will, I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. We will be getting this live more on YouTube, Rumble, Daily Motion, all of the social media places. Remember, look up Courts of Heat, one word, one word, Courts of Heat in the Google machine to find everything. Remember to go to CourtsofHeat.com, find us on Google Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, and even Spotify right here, right now. See you t- tomorrow morning as we're going to be discussing all things basketball right here, right now.